You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast. so you can come up with your own greeting <laughs> that's not what it is. i'm just i'm gonna be like ron burgundy and i'm just gonna read exactly what you write for me <laughs> oh my god let's leave this in because it's ridiculous <laughs> do you want to do it again do you- okay all right <laughs> oh my god that cracks that'll be our bloopers reel okay right. please okay <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is Fiora Elise. And greetings and hello from Joe. Welcome back to the Esoterics Podcast. Hello, friend. How are you? Uh, I've had a hell of a freaking morning. It's on Monday for sure. Oh, that Monday energy. What's been going on? What's crazy about it? So, okay. Have you heard of there's like a certain pitch of sound that you can hear supposedly up to a certain age uh, and it's yes, almost like I've a dog that. whistle. Yes. Okay. Yes. I've heard okay. that before. So I can still hear them. I can still hear that really like low pitch sound. And sometimes it's like an electronic thing that's like not plugged in correctly or something that's like interfering or whatever. Well, this morning I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the living room and I hear that sound and it's coming from the kitchen and it's just like it's so strong it's like like it's piercing it's like a piercing sound like high-pitched sound and it's like this is like making me so mad and I'm walking around trying to figure out where this thing is coming from I go outside I check because the the, our kitchen's like back backs up to the garage wall so I go into the garage check if anything you know plugged in in there maybe something wrong nothing and um the dogs run outside while I'm doing this and there I go and they end up in this corner and they're barking at something and you already know where this is going. And so I'm calling them to come back in and only Ruby listens to me. And then honey comes back in. And then I think I finally figured out the sound. I'm moving the stove and then the dogs run back out again. Cause now I have the, the door open. And then all of a sudden I smell the smell of like, I thought it was, I thought it was marijuana. And I was like, like oh, neighbors no. smoking. I was like, why is that smell? <gasps> it's the skunk. That's and so I, I run outside. Not you not run outside. I run to the door and I'm like calling them. And of course, honey does not listen. Honey, she's too she's, busy. Mm-hmm. She's too busy barking mm-hmm. at the thing. Ruby comes back in. Sure enough, she stinks. Oh, and no. Yeah. So uh, they didn't. The, I don't think the skunk was in our yard. I think it was on the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. But it sprayed. And oh, so, no. yeah, and so I gave stink. them a bath this morning. <gasps> yeah. Isn't it, That's the second time you've had to spray one <laughs> or give them a bath too, or one of them, at least. Yeah, honey. yeah both of them, both of them. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. They're barking at that fucking skunk. You're like, what? <sighs> Who's, who just sparked one? Wait, that's not <laughs> Like, that's not what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors token down in the morning. No, <laughs> no, that's fucking... 
oh my god that sucks so did, how did you get them in the house to like I had to touch them and stuff. They finally came in. They just smelled of it. They didn't get sprayed okay. directly. Oh, I think good. they were just okay, in good. the general area. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I was able to just wash them with their regular shampoo and they're fine. But So yeah. what does it have to do with the sound? Was that the skunk? No, nothing to do with this. The sound is still another problem that it's I still have. Another <laughs> so what age do you get to be when that sound lessens? I think it's like once you hit your, I thought it was in your 30s or your 40s where you stop listening to high pitched or stop being able to hear high pitched sounds. I don't know. So are you, have you done any um, inquiry into maybe it's just your clear audience? Because your clear audience could be kicking, kicking in, kicking up, amping oh, up. I don't know. I don't right. know. Oh, it says most people over the age of 18 can't. Well, I'm way over 18. Right. I think this is your clear audience because there are times when I'll hear things, I'll hear pitches and tones and it will, they will drive me nuts and I'll have to tell spirit or ask them, come on, man, this is, I'm, I'm uber focused on it, you know, help yeah. lessen yeah. it and it goes away. Yeah. Try that, try that next time. I think it might be your clear audience. Cause that was the first thing that came to me when you saw that. I'm like, Oh, your clear audiences. Because when it, when it amps up like that, that means that your, um, your, your, your frequencies. Okay. So your vibrational frequencies, the light codes in your body, they're changing and shifting. And then you're able to discern higher frequencies of energy. So that's what you're discerning. Have you had hot flashes or anything like that? I mean, yeah. Other than it's fucking uh, 150 in <laughs> California, but so yeah. you, but like regular hot flashes, you're like, what the hell is this? I just, uh, I have like night sweats. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm um, just like, why am I so hot? Start looking at your what what are called your ascension symptoms because I think you're just up leveling, and that's huh. what that is that that because that tone, yeah, yeah, it drives me nuts. I can't stand it. <laughs> well, it, it just means that you're. Clear audience is kicking in. Are you able to better hear messages internally from your guides? I mean, yeah, I feel like the thing I was telling you about, um, that thought that came to me, it was like persistent for like three days where I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I got to write this down. Yeah. Yeah. I think this so. is, um, this is your, uh, your abilities are up leveling and also Remember where we are right now? Those six planets in retrograde plus Chiron is like, isn't not fucking around. Mm -hmm. Everybody's up leveling, but it's going to be at different levels for different people. And it's going to look different for different people because everybody is going through it, but they're all at different stages of their awakening and ascension. Yeah. My psychic abilities have been off the charts lately. Mm -hmm. Um, during this so it makes sense that yours would be too but you're just not because it's an up level you're not um aware of what's happening in yeah. that context but you will hmm. you, you will be i'm excited i love this i've gotten so many clients that have come to me um and they're like what's happening and i'm like girl you you in danger <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. No. <laughs> like, um, you're becoming psychic. Uh, all right. What's new with you? Um, I start my astrology mentorship next week. Oh, awesome. or no, it's this week. It's oh. this week in two days. I'm very excited. So we, I had like 
I don't know, like a shit ton of list of books that I had to buy. Um, mm-hmm. So I bought them all, which, um, you know, that was a nice chunk of change. None of them interest me. Western astrology does not interest me. I am so freaking geeked out by esoteric astrology. Um, mm. So I'm, I, of course, I'm, I have to learn Western astrology because it's a 14 month mentorship. So I'm, yeah. we're going to learn all sorts of different types, mm-hmm. but I'm going to specialize in esoteric astrology. Awesome. I know I'm so excited. I really am. That's um, perfect. That's all that's going on. Um, I'm accepting a few more custom commissions for intuitively designed jewelry. So that's been going really well. I've gotten, um, I've added a bunch of people to my production calendar. I'm going to top it off. Um, I don't know, three or four more, and then I'm going to break it off before until probably November. I love the pieces you've been posting. That last one with the, uh, like the flower on the back. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I love those two. That one was just something that I made to play with the Malagano Jasper. That one actually hasn't sold yet, but, um, I, I had a reading from somebody that I was interviewing for a reader position, um, at one of our stores. And, um, they told me that I needed to call in my creativity guide when it comes to Um, making jewelry. And so I'm like, Oh, all right. So I started doing that and I've just, I'm, I'm just starting doing new things other than the basics, but wow. Yeah. It's fun. That's fun. fun. What's going on with you? I mean, other than the skunk and (laughs) do we wish it at home? (laughs) No, um, not much. Um, getting ready for, um, my daughter's, uh, birthday. She's turning 15. And doing all that, getting her dress ready and all that stuff. So, ah, so no, I thought she wasn't going to have um, a quinceanera. No, she's not. It's not a quinceanera. It's just a party. That's oh. it. <laughs> all right. Well, but I, I still th- got her like a cute little dress. Oh, and is she excited? Yeah, yeah, she's excited. The yeah. friends come over. Yeah, it'll be a fun time. All right, good. It's her debutante. Um, coming out, I mean, at 15. (laughs) (laughs) They do that sort of thing in the South still, I think. (laughs) No, I have decided, though, after this, um, I mean, unless my son wants one, because he's still, he's only 10, right? So if he wants to have stuff, parties, he can, he can do it. But for the girls, I'm like, after this, it's dinners. We're just, Mm -hmm. we're just going to do dinners and we can go somewhere. We can do a thing. Like this is your, this is the last party. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, didn't you guys go to New York? Wasn't that for? Yes, um, that's why we didn't have the quinceanera. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's why this is more just like a few friends, family, um, tacos. Like, you know, it's not like a whole fucking mini wedding thing. It's not any of that. It's just, it's just at home. So yeah. Nice. Keep it low key. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, planning a party i mean especially like a big one and all that stuff that's a lot of work really is yeah 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 Yeah. people that do it for a living i um i give them lots of props that's um event planning and party planning Mm -hmm. and ugh, no that's too many details i know some people love it i know they do i just feel like as i'm getting older i want less detail and bullshit in my life i just want everything to be simple and easy and fun and um, and that's really what I, I feel like I'm headed toward, but mm-hmm. you know, we will see. Yep. yep. 
Also, as your circle gets smaller or or not even smaller, because I feel like I've never had like a big friend circle. It's more for me, I feel like it's more like your connections just get deeper. Yeah. With yep. certain people, right? Yep. Yep. And so it's more about spending the quality time with the people that you want to spend time with and not wasting energy, time, whatever on people that you don't or that you can barely tolerate or barely, you know what I mean? (laughs) Or that you have questions about, you know, your questions Mm -hmm. of, you know, do they support my highest uh, version of self, right? Will they be there during the the rough times, the tough times, Um, things like that? I think that these current astro energies and retrograde energies and all that stuff, um, my leg's tingling, so I think that's my sign. Um, it, it, like It's supporting looking at um, all of the people and the things and the situations in your life that just aren't serving you anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. It, Libra season as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yep. That's um, exactly what Libra's about. And, you know, I don't know that it's like, well, this doesn't serve me or that doesn't serve me. I think people, for me anyway, I'm just tired of... Uh, things feeling like work. Like I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything that feels like work. I just want to do things that feel like joy. Yeah, and that includes relationships. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the thing that I was mentioning, which I'm going to make a TikTok about, probably a few TikToks about about forgiveness, but uh, part of that message was, um that we tend to wrap we tend to wrap up an entire relationship and this can be anything right love friendship business whatever but we tend to wrap things up into um a final conclusion usually based off of how it ended right right like just because something ended poorly just because maybe you did have this you know thing <laughs> whatever you felt like maybe they, they if it was like your boss or something or an employer that you felt like at the end they didn't value you and they let you go or whatever it was. Um, or if it was a boyfriend or girlfriend or a significant other who didn't respect you or disrespected you, um, they lied to you or whatever it was that you, you have that tendency to just say like, Oh, well that whole thing was just a waste of my time. That was, you know, that person was trash and you know, whatever, whatever. But especially when you've invested a lot of time with with a person or in a relationship, I think it's important to be like, you know, not all of it was bad. Like yeah. sometimes there were those moments of joy mm-hmm. and, and it's not so much about giving any credit to the other person. It's about giving that credit kind of back to yourself of right. like, no, I didn't waste my time. Like I right. learned from that and yeah, it ended badly, but it wasn't all trash. Right. Um, Maybe I wouldn't do it over again, but it doesn't matter now, like whether I would or I wouldn't because it's done and mm-hmm. it's, you know, so I can move on. I'm better because of it. You know, again, not to have to give any credit to the other person, but yeah. our most intimate relationships, our closest relationships are our biggest lessons about ourselves. They teach us the most about ourselves. That's mm-hmm. what they're there for. Finding the joy in the lessons in the moment, then the lessons don't necessarily need to be hard lessons. They can be beautiful lessons, yeah. kind, fun, exciting lessons. Yep. Um, yeah. 
that. I think that's when you get to a point where you can look back on a relationship, maybe you've had to do a lot of processing or, or a situation or something, or maybe you've had some resentment and you've had to really just finally let that go or whatever. But when you get to the point where you look, but you can look back and go, okay, I see the beauty in this. And if I hadn't experienced this, then I wouldn't have this. And so if given the option, would I go back and do it again? Um, You know, if you can have that sort of inner dialogue, then I think that that's true healing, moving on, you know, um, letting go, all that good stuff. So again, you know, really supportive of, of, um, of the Libra energy season. Yeah. Yeah. Libra season energy. Yep. So I'm not going to get into the the details of the story here, but I had um, a, um, I had a, we'll just call it an altercation with Mm -hmm. a drunk asshole at a football game um, recently. And back in the day, I would have felt so bad and guilty um, about the way that I handled it or the way that I, the things that I said or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But I came away from this experience feeling empowered because women are just tired of fucking men. They're tired of the patriarchy and the mansplaining and the, just all of that bullshit. And then, you know, some drunk meathead hillbilly idiot. I mean, there's zero room for that bullshit. So that was something that I was feeling really good about myself. So when you're talking about self-forgiveness and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I never had to go through the self-forgiveness because I was really proud of myself for standing up for myself yeah. um, because of all the shit, especially with, you know, Roe v. Wade and, you know, just women's rights being taken from us and just all these things standing over this asshole and pointing, you know, my finger in his face and seeing basically yeah. the fear. You know, yeah. like, you know, what's yeah. she going to do? Because <laughs> I was about mm-hmm. to go off physically on him, but I decided that I didn't want to spend any time in the Seattle jail. Um, so I was like, mm, no, but, um, you know, don't lay your hands on women ever in any capacity. And, um, you know, so it was, it was, it was good. It was, it, I, I felt proud of what I, who, who I was when I walked away from that situation. Yeah. Sometimes the most spiritual um, response you can have to someone is telling them to fuck off. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. Fuck you and do it again. And I will, I will unleash on you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. What are we going to talk about today? Okay. Today I wanted to talk about Abraham Hicks and what exactly, who exactly that is. Um, and and then also just get into some discussion about privilege and spirituality and you know new age especially new age spirituality and privilege mm-hmm. because um <laughs> so okay so this was sparked because well, the last time we recorded uh um I talked about I pulled that card right from and it's an Esther Esther Hicks deck. And so I was like, okay, I don't think we ever talked about it. Like, who is this person and what are they about? So I just kind of wanted to know a little bit of the history. Then got into that. And then there was all the, my Google search also took me down like um, Abraham Hicks naysayers who were like, the dark web of Abraham Hicks. It's a cult Mm -hmm. and there's 
more like whatever morally despicable teachings and all this Ugh. stuff when i'm like oh okay i'm like, like all right them. let's let's talk about it I, right so anyway all right all right good let's explore it yes okay so let's first let's talk about esther hicks so esther hicks she was born march 5th 1948 she is an american inspirational speaker channeler and author she has co-written nine books with her late husband jerry hicks jerry passed away of cancer um, and they presented numerous workshops on the law of attraction mm-hmm. with Abraham Hicks publications. And they also appeared in the original version of the 2006 film, The Secret. Yeah. Um, okay. And according to Esther and Jerry, Abraham consists of a group of entities that are interpreted by Esther Hicks. So by that, they mean channeling. Channeled, right. She, she yeah. channels the, these She channels beings. them. She channels Abraham. So Abraham is has described themselves as a group consciousness from the non-physical dimension. They have also said, we are that which you are. You are the leading edge of that which we are. We are that which is at the heart of all religions. It's like, all right. They so are, it, they're everything. So it's, I am you and you are me. Mm-hmm. You know, just a fancy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, they, Abraham gets very wordy and it's like, yes. break it down, Abe. I don't have time for this shit. Break it down. <laughs> so Abraham has also said through Esther that whenever one feels moments of great love, exhilaration or pure joy, that is the energy of source. And that is who Abraham is. Yeah. Esther refers to Abraham as infinite intelligence, while Jerry describes him as an expression of unconditional love. Hey, okay. Yeah. And so this, her whole channeling came about because upon meeting her husband, Esther began to meditate intensely on a daily basis. And eventually due to her receptivity and ability to reach an abnormally high level of vibration, usually only attained by experienced meditation experts, Abraham approached her. Esther is now able to call upon Abraham at any time by vibrating at this level. And Abraham speaks and moves through Esther's body in order to teach those that chose to listen to their insight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, to break it down, there are, here's 12 um, uh, just bullet points of their teachings, of Abraham's teachings. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through them real quick because they're just one sentence things. Number one, you are a physical extension of that which is non-physical. Mm-hmm. You are not simply starting your life here on earth and waiting to finish to be with God or other non-physical beings. You are on the cutting edge, edge because you are here putting out wants and intentions and propagating the universe forward. Two, you are here in body because you chose to be here. You chose to experience this delicious contrast of time and space and to explore your wants and other joy-seeking with, with other joy-seeking beings. Number three, the basis of your life is freedom. The purpose of your life is joy. And that one's pretty self-explanatory. Number four, you are a creator. You create with your every thought. Every day you are attracting what you give your attention to, whether it be pain, anger, happiness, wealth, success, love. You are attracting what you think about. Number five, anything that you can imagine can be yours to be or have. It matters no how not how large or impossible the object of your desire seems to you. To the universe, it's all the same. You can just as easily attract a fortune as you can a meal. Also, the speed at which your desires manifest is directly proportionate to the intensity of your positive thought. 
which that one's kind of like, mm, okay. Um, six, as you are choosing your thoughts, your emotions are guiding you. Your inner being or unconscious guides you with emotions. If you think of negative things, you will experience negative emotions. Take your emotions as directions for what you should be thinking about. Number seven, the universe adores you for it knows your broadest intentions. So the universe is constantly guiding you towards your purpose. Number eight, relax into your natural well-being. All is well. As you go in with the flow and learn to appreciate more things, more pathways for appreciation will be opened up in your life. Number nine, you are a creator of thoughtways on your unique pathway of joy. No one can limit your thoughts. Thus, you can control your own pathway to bliss. Number 10, actions to be taken and possessions to be exchanged are byproducts of your focus on joy. Your actions will be inspired. Your resources will be abundant and you will know by the way that you feel that you're fulfilling your reason for life. Number 11, you may appropriately depart from your body without illness or pain. Your natural state is that of health and well-being, but you may choose otherwise. And lastly, number 12, <laughs> You cannot die. You are everlasting life. You may eventually choose to relax and change back to your non-physical state of pure, positive energy, but you will not cease to exist. You are foreverness. Mm -hmm. It's funny because I have been studying Abraham Hicks for years Mm -hmm. um, and um, all of them. I was like, yep, yep, yep. And these aren't just concepts that Abraham teaches. They're also concepts that are, they're the foundation of spirituality. Mm-hmm. But number 10 was the one that most resonated with me as far as, ah, yes, yes, yes. That's like the truth of who we are. Um, because the whole point of human incarnation is finding the joy through incarnation. So as, as souls, when we decide to have an earth incarnation, what is the point of it? Because earth is the place that is complete. It has so many fucking dichotomies and so much, um, ah, there's a word I'm looking for. That's the opposite of what we need to experience to learn that joy comes through co-creation end of story like Mm -hmm. and that's such a powerful one will you read 10 again Mm -hmm. so people know what i'm talking yes so number 10 was actions to be taken and possessions to be exchanged are byproducts of your focus on joy your actions will be inspired your resources will be abundant and you will know by the way that you feel that you are fulfilling your reason for life Right, exactly. Your life purpose. Your um, we're given um, this GPS of joy, and as long as we follow that joy by listening to our intuitive abilities, um, by f- staying on the path of life purpose, then no matter what you do, where you do it, how you do it, you will be abundance and prosperity, and just the ability to live that life will be provided for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. I can see how people would look at that and say, that's privilege, but you know what? My skin, my chubbiness, it didn't do me any motherfucking favors. I did everything for me myself by listening to my intuition. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's my little, um, I can see. Well, let's, I mean, let's just dissect privilege, right? So privilege is 
the it's not this fucking card that you get to carry around and it like opens doors for you or whatever. It just means that you had less obstacles than another person. Right. It's not that you were always and for some people, yeah, some people obviously they had like monetary privilege or whatever. So yes, there are some people that had like power ups, you know, on their way, you know, on their way through life. But but generally speaking, privilege is more of the lack of extra hurdles and burdens and things that that you know, prevent you from moving forward as quickly or as easily as maybe somebody else without those things, you know, mm-hmm. would, would, um, that's an but, important uh, distinction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, so, um, so there's people that, so there's a discussion, right? So the, there's, these are the objections to the teachings of Abraham Hicks. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Let's get into it. So the first one is the fact that Abraham, Abraham Hicks is a business. So talking about like obviously the the movie The Secret. Um although there was some kind of like disagreement there between Esther and the the person who was putting a uh, R- Rhonda Byrne uh, who was who was putting it together and in the end they did not agree. Um so in like the final version or like the most recent version um Esther and Jerry aren't they they were not Ooh, Rhonda cut him out. Rhonda's like yeah. bit you out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I but that for me, that kind of triggered that whole thing again of like when people talk crap about like curanderos and mm-hmm. they say like, Oh, well, they're not supposed to charge. Like back mm-hmm. in, you know, back in the in in mm-hmm. their village, if they were back in Mexico, they wouldn't be charging. It's mm-hmm. like, mm, Yeah, they would that's they'd yeah, they would. Yeah. They like- and well, it it depends too, right? It was because sometimes, yeah, there were instances where they didn't charge, but there was a reason why. It was because they were working within their community, and their community was taking care of them. Right. Equitable so there was exchange a, of energy. Exactly, equitable yeah. exchange of energy that was happening. Mm-hmm. But when you know, you had outsiders coming in into these little towns or whatever, wherever, um, yeah, then they started to charge them because there wasn't going to be. An, an equal exchange at that point, unless they were charged. Right. So, so just because we live in a in this world and we are humans and we are part of a fucking capitalist system, it's a capitalistic so, fucking society. Yeah. So, and and that's just the reality of where we're yeah. at. So, just because someone's making money from it or making a living from it, mm-hmm. like, does that automatically mean that what they're doing is? a sham like no and that's one of the that's one of the biggest bullshit myths and what is it what it is is it's a judgment is what it Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. um you know if you have a spiritual gift you shouldn't share you shouldn't charge for that first off fuck you because my gifts are i don't have any gifts i have abilities i have skills that i have honed that i have studied that i have increased and that i have developed and those skills are a direct result of the tools that i have uh, to perform my life path and the life path is not always an occupation but sometimes it is so Again, it's a judgment. I don't have a problem with anybody that charges for any spiritual service. Um, yeah. You know, that's... It's a service. It's At a service. At the end of the day, it yep. takes that person time and effort. And why shouldn't they be compensated for exactly. their time and effort? Exactly. I don't understand. Exactly. Yeah. So you can... You can 
you can sell legal services, you can sell your legal knowledge and you're okay, but you can't sell spiritual, your spiritual knowledge. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't track with me. Number one is a thumbs down for me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What is it? Roger Ebert, whatever. Thumbs down. (laughs) Thumbs down on number one. Thumbs down number one. Okay. Number two. Abraham Hicks, truth or lie? And this one I've heard several. This one I've heard other people saying, okay, so this is, so we have this disembodied entity or a group of entities claiming to be Abraham, channeling its gems of wisdom, pearls of comfort, and reassurance through Esther Hicks. So here's the question. How do we know whether Abraham is benign or malign? What the fuck does it okay keep going proof is well i just think proof is in the pudding like right if if your teachings are like out here you need to marry 12 year old little girls and have 50 children with them i would say that's probably not okay right and that your teachings are probably yeah and your teachings are probably you know pretty bullshit but if the teachings are telling you like hey like your happiness when you find happiness when you find joy in doing stuff like that's your purpose and focus on that yeah. i don't understand what what the fuck is the problem it's just bullshit naysayers <laughs> bullshit naysayers that are like you know prove it who prove who you're channeling you know what i mean channeling yeah. there's no fucking way to prove channeling you can't do it and i've, I've said that in so many of my channeling or intuitive development classes it yeah. just comes upon you but i tell you what you write it down and then you look at that later, you have no idea where the hell that profound wisdom came from. Cause that doesn't come mm-hmm. from you. You were just pounding margaritas last night at, <laughs> you know, the fucking alibi bar with your friends. That's, that's not my wisdom. I don't know where that came from. Thumbs down yeah. to number two. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really think it's that simple though. I think if, if what a person is saying, whether they're talking about it comes from a higher being or whatever. If that thing is talking about hurting other people or otherwise imposing on the free will of other people, I would say that's a huge red flag. And that's how you know it's not benign. And if you can't make that discernment, then go away. Because seriously, if you can't tell, if you can't read something and see that it is uplifting or that it is, um, you know, it's not like Abraham Hicks is saying, go forth and dance with demons and drink the blood of babies, some bullshit like that. Right, right. right. Like, they're saying, go follow your joy, spread it around, yeah. and you'll be abundant. So, yeah, yeah those it's just bullshit naysayers that are just looking for something to bitch about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the third one is a morally despicable basic teaching. Oh, all right. so yeah, so there, so there's some just like false equivalencies in this argument. So since all that happens to us is supposedly the result of our positive or negative thoughts, it's like, well, who the fuck, who said that? Like, mm-hmm. like, where did that exactly? No one's blame. There's no blame in any of this stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and then it goes on to say the millions who died either through political persecution, genocide, or starvation have therefore brought this upon themselves by their thoughts, and they are therefore oh, responsible on. for their own destruction. <sighs> no, again, free will, ignorance, false, like you said, false comparisons. I mean, false equivalencies. It's um, it's somebody taking something and twisting it and to be something that it's yeah. not in order to support their narrative that this information sucks. Yeah. And not to disregard the fact that people have been 
historically and continue to be victims of political persecution, of genocide, 100%. of starvation. Like that does happen yeah. in this world. But it's the understanding that we are human beings living in this world yeah. with free will. other human beings with free will. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, as much as I have free will, you do too. But, but however, due to the systems in place, sometimes, oftentimes, the free will of a person or a group in power trumps that of people usually in minority groups. Mm-hmm. No, no pun intended, except for pun intended. <laughs> yeah. So this ties into why um, there is a group that I belong to and it's like um, called something, the afterlife. And it's a, it's a mm-hmm. public group. So, you know, you get all sorts of people in there that are, and I keep it open because it's, it's amusing, but also I'm like, Hush. but there are people that get furious when people that believe in the concept of reincarnation tell them that um, any trauma or abuse that they experienced was something that they quote unquote signed up for, that they, you know, wrote oh, within their own soul blueprint, blah, blah. That's hard. And I get yeah. it. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when helpful. I first started out, it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started out, somebody told me, oh, you know, you signed up for your, um, you know, sexual abuse. And it's like, you know, okay. And I was ready to like come across the table at them. But, yeah. It, yeah. but, but it's not as black and white as that. It's not like, you know, as a soul, we sit there and we say, I'm going to be abused, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, there is the propensity because of the free will for this this lesson or this experience because karma in the human incarnation is experiential, but because people have free will, when they enter into these soul contracts, they have both of my legs are tingling. Y'all know that means that's validation from spirit that I'm, what I'm speaking is the truth. When people sign these soul contracts with each other, the intent behind them is to reach the highest levels of these incarnations. I plan to be the best version of myself and have the best outcome. But again, you get incarnated and shit happens. Life happens. Free will happens. Mm-hmm. And people take the wrong, or I won't say they, they take the wrong turn. They they make decisions that are not what they had hoped they would make while in spirit. And that's what happens there. So, you know, what do you, yeah. free will. <laughs> yeah. It, and we can all acknowledge that, like whether you believe in whatever you believe in, you can acknowledge that you have free will there there's not some well i don't know i don't actually know now that i'm thinking about it we've been watching this show what is it called it's about this guy they're like these like ex cholos and um oh it's called hey fool and (laughs) wait wait, wait, can we stop for just a minute what is a cholo (laughs) oh like a gangster like a like yeah, like a Latin, <laughs> Latino, Latinx, like a funny gangster. Word. Yeah, yeah. To get it. yeah. So, yeah. So they're, um, uh, so one of them, he's going through his twelve-step program, right? And so part of the thing is like he has to go and apologize to the people he's done wrong or whatever. And he goes to this guy's house, and he's like, uh, you know, you know, hey man, like I'm just here, you know, I'm just sorry about, you know, like shooting up on you or whatever it was and <laughs> I really need to apologize yeah, for that yeah yeah and the other guy's like nah man it's all good like you know we were like I found like I I I just so you know like I understand like what happened it's like the devil made you do it man 
it was the devil. Right. And, and he's like, yeah, man, the devil is the one that makes you do all the bad things. Mm -hmm. Like anything bad that you do in your life, that was the devil. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, no, there's so many people that like seriously are just out there like believing that shit. They believe like, it, yeah. Like, and that to me is like, you're just giving up your free will. Like, you're just like constantly just like fucking being subjected to stupid ass actions mm -hmm. thanks to the devil. Like, it mm -hmm. just seems like what an easy cop out. Like, what it an is. easy, like, <laughs> wow. I'm sorry I stole $20 from your purse. The devil made right, me do the it. The devil made me do it. I always wondered how people got um, possessed. And because if you have if you have a strong enough free will or if you have free mm -hmm. will, you, you know, that's one of the 12 laws of the universe. You can say, no, get out of my energy field, fucking bounce, you know, mm -hmm. be gone, Satan, mm -hmm. demon, whatever, get thee behind. Yeah. Um, and I always wondered that, but then, you know, people give up their free will when they decide to, you know, take, um, or they, they're exercising their free will when they decide to take a life. So, um, it seems also that they could also give up their free will. So, yeah. I was just kind of wondering like how that works mm. with people that um, are able to succumb to possession and stuff like that. From my understanding that the whole possession thing is because of your vibration, right? Yeah. So if you get into like the really low vibe point, like if you're, so for example, um, it's shown a lot with like exorcisms and like real quote unquote real life cases of exorcism. If you, you know, choose to believe that stuff a lot of it is like women who are um victims of incest and depression yeah and bipolar and, mental illness yeah. and stuff like that yeah. yeah uh even like the idea of poltergeists like poltergeist um historically uh show up in a house that has teenagers in it yeah. and it has to oh. do with the energy of the teenager yeah oh, shut up that's interesting yeah, so I so I think it's that it's like obviously like their 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 mental state. So we can yeah. say vibration or whatever, but right. another Same like thing. more yeah. So another yeah. like more traditional way to say it is like their mental state. So if, yeah. if a person's mental state is in a really bad dark place, then it allows for that possession of you know of dark entity to come in and take them over. That makes sense because it seems like. Um, there was a show back in the 2000s, I think, or the 90s. It was called Paranormal State. And um, they, they were always going to visit people that were possessed, right? Uh -huh. And these people always were troubled human beings. Oh, yeah. Always troubled human beings. You just don't see a high-performing, high-achieving, you know, um, somebody you know, living their best life, you just don't see them being mm. possessed by, a, you know, <laughs> by a demon. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. All right. So the next one is false hope. So if we can do anything and be anything we want, because deep inside there is an awesome power of unlimited potential, a deep spiritual self that once unleashed will empower us to become the tycoons, the rock stars, the writers that we really are. The true spiritual self is an infallible guide to the good life and an unlimited personal fulfillment. And if this is not happening, if we are confused, this is clearly because we are not connected to its power or so they say. And then this is where they come into this false conclusion of, so if it doesn't work, it's your fault. It's like, who said that? Nobody who said, said that. that it's your fault? <laughs> well, I think, again, it comes from trying to put together the idea that like you have the power to do this. So if you don't get to a place where you can do it, that's because of you. And so, you know, but it's disregarding, right? Like so many things. 
so many things. I mean, if you don't achieve a specific intention or goal, it is because of you. Yes, there are extenuating circumstances. There are circumstances, right? But then when you bring in the other spiritual principles, divine timing, divine order, maybe it's yeah. not what you're supposed to do. Super, super example, real quick. In 2017, I wanted my own brick and mortar. I was tired of doing readings out of my house. I'd left the corporate world. I was tired of having people in my house. I wanted a brick and mortar. I found this place and every goddamn thing kept going wrong. Nothing went right. And I finally just had to say, this place isn't meant for me. It's just not meant for me. Mm-hmm. It, 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 so I let go. I let it go. And then three weeks later, that's when I found my studio um, in Woke. So, or in, in, in Rio town. So Sometimes those those roadblocks, those stoppages, mm-hmm. are actually just trying to re um, what's it called redirect Re-navigate you. you, redirect mm-hmm. you, right? But people mm-hmm. see them and they're like, "Life sucks. I suck. This isn't fair. Life hates me. I'm just gonna stop." Yeah. Um, instead of saying, "Okay, this is not the path to take. I'm gonna take a step back. I'm gonna just stop doing this for now, but I'm yeah. still gonna stay open to the thing that I want." And then, boom, yeah. there it is. It shows up. So, yeah. you know, it again, perspective. How do you look at shit? Do you look at ship? Do you look at everything in your life as a defeatist, or do you look at it as a redirection? Yeah, I think the thing that I think somebody we should point out is that uh, again we're going back to privilege as well right yeah so as much as you may want something sometimes again there are sometimes where you have extra barriers in place yes um if you're an immigrant into a com- into a country and you don't speak the language clearly like that's an extra hurdle that's a barrier. that you have to it's mm-hmm. a barrier that you have to overcome yep um so so no it's not like a hundred percent always your fault, right? No. Because sometimes shit's just harder for you. Like, and that's, and so I think that's where we get into this part where some people get mad because it's like, oh, well, spirituality is like, so just like over, overlooking the fact that people have barriers and, and legitimate systemic racism barriers, all of those things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, it's hard because when you put those things aside, they cease to become a, as as deeply embedded as, as in the equation as they would be if you don't. Do you see what I'm saying? It, I it, see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it, this is not, and I'm not at all saying, I'm not saying that there weren't barriers. I couldn't, I would never have gotten the studio if I hadn't have met Kathleen because I didn't have the means to get a business loan. I mean, you know, I was self-employed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. the universe conspired to give me that goddamn studio somehow. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that that happens in every situation, but I am saying that, yeah. um, that, yeah, you, you you just there's so many different perspectives that you can't. It's yeah. it's hard to look at it. This one I would say okay. This this one requires a little bit of a deeper dive because there is, yes. yeah, okay. I I think there's kind of a way to not simplify it, but just kind of get the point across. Okay, I think that essentially the the idea is meant to inspire you. And even if you are like, what if you are a person who, who you grew up and you didn't have any kind of privileges and you, you maybe were a child of immigrant parents, um, and you had to work 
to to sustain your family. You didn't have the ability to go to college. You always had to work really hard your whole life. Um, you were taught from you know from early early on in your childhood that the only way to ever get ahead was to work super super hard, and that no one owes you anything. You got to earn it all yourself, you know, or whatever. Or that like this is a life we're supposed to live all the time. Like, you know, right. it's, it's always going to be hard. Um, but if you take this as inspiration, not judgment, not saying like, oh, you haven't achieved X, Y, Z because you haven't whatever, you haven't thought hard enough or whatever. No, take it as an inspiration to feel empowered. Yeah. And that's it. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's all I think it's trying to do yeah. is just empower you as a human being, as a spiritual being. And that's it. Like it's not trying to place blame on on things right. for what? That's judgment. And judgment right. again is a it's a human thing. Plus also look at it this way. How many empowered people do you know give up? How many empowered people do you know don't have a, a high level of tenacity of yeah. of dogged determination of, you know, um maybe quitting but then starting back up again, right? So mm -hmm. empowerment that in himself, when you're empowered, you've already reached a level of pretty much nothing's going to stop me regardless mm -hmm. of what systemic, you know, barriers are ahead of me. Nothing's going to stop me. This is what I'm, what I'm meant to do. So right. there's also that too. So again, we're back to the vibrational frequency. Somebody who is traumatized, depressive, all of those things is going to, is not going to be in the same state of mind as somebody who is ready to go do this damn thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There's so many aspects of it. Yeah. That one deserves, um, uh, uh, I'm not going to say a thumbs up, but it, yeah, it did, that's a legitimate. It's definitely worth thinking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's legitimate. Yeah. yeah it, it's definitely a legitimate question. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I understand. I just don't, I don't see the point of imposing blame on something that's supposed to be inspiring. Like, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And maybe like the writer's also triggered by their own personal failures. I don't know. I'd like of... to do some research into this. You know, you know, I always am suspect of the complainer more than I am the person they're complaining about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so uh, there's uh, there's also a question of um, what is the source? Like don't romanticize so-called channeled information as automatically better or more pure or more truthful or without an agenda. Um, and it's like, well, I mean, I, I am, I'm sure that's, that can be true, right? Because it's still being, it's information that's funneled through a human, right? And through a human's brain. And there has to be some human bias imposed on it in some ways. So that's not to say, but 100%. If anything, I'm more skeptical of channeled information. Remember I told you about that, the, the experience I had where the channeler told me that oh. I needed to stop smoking. And I was like, but you don't know. Right. So <laughs> she was, she was channeling her own bias. So yeah. if anything, I'm more skeptical of channeled um, yeah. information and not everybody's a channel, but everybody can um can channel i guess i don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah that that would that wouldn't be a determining factor for me so um so this person their whole like wrapping it up like their whole argument was that the fact that they were committed to these teachings for like five solid years and in that in that time they felt like they were on some like crazy emotional high that made them feel like their life was really amazing and that they knew the secrets of the universe and 
then now they've come to the conclusion that even though their life seemed unique through this like whole special law of attraction filter, it was actually no different from regular life. And I would say that this author has actually just integrated these teachings and doesn't have to constantly live on a high and just be like, this is life and this is what it's supposed to be. And like, I don't see what's wrong with that. Like, why are you so mad? <laughs> but why are you so mad? Also, the spiritual, I mean, the spiritual awakening and the path to enlightenment and your journey and all that stuff, you do reach these incredible highs. But if she is on a high for five years, she's doing something that none of us know what she's doing yet. Because I have never, those highs are like maybe one or two days or three days or a month or whatever, right? Like after you first learn Reiki, you're just like, you see the world with rose colored glasses. Yes. everywhere yeah. you feel love and see it so it, yeah. it's it's divergence and convergence it's cyclical it's a roller coaster so if she's got this five-year high going i think she's infl inflating her experience to to support her judgment yeah um essentially they claim that what abraham hicks taught them to do is that to see a normal life through a special lens of magic mm -hmm. and for some reason they're like i don't like that she doesn't like she doesn't like to be shown magic i'm like it's what i don't get it like it's just it's just about joy it's just about allowing yourself to view things from maybe a more positive perspective and not maybe she was just or he or she i don't know if this uh they, we don't know they, if it was a she. yeah they, they they um maybe they were going maybe they were walking around spiritually bypassing people all the time and saying shit you know like instead of being sensitive to someone they were like Oh, just think positive or something, and then maybe they yeah. got called out. I don't know. Like, I don't know what what went wrong in their life that uh, prompted that. Pushed, yeah, prompted that and pushed them away and decided like this is bullshit. Um, but I don't know. I mean, from a different perspective, I do think that Abraham teaches us how to look at life through a, a magical lens because they remind us how powerful we are as co-creative beings and that we get to experience or determine our experiences. But first we have to do the fucking work and the work is hard. The work is heavy and hard and not at all magical. And mm -hmm. it's resolving, healing your trauma, healing, you know, past life stuff. It's, it's, it's not at all. Um, the magic comes when you realize you've you've reached this hurdle you've 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 you were able to manifest this thing or or reach this mindset that you yeah. no longer struggle with that's the magic and then that creates a different level of experience in your life so yeah. the magic is cyclical and it's, it's all of these things but anyway so i i don't have a problem with with um being taught how to live how to how to harness the magic i don't care like, thumbs down for that one for me <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. uh i don't i don't i don't see it i mean i i i understand i understand to an extent but i feel like a lot of it is just um drawing conclusions from things that just aren't there or imposing your own like personal biases yeah. or whatever your went wrong for you and for some reason mm -hmm. you feel like you got to take it out on this but i don't know um there's also this article that i found on medium.com and it is called blissfully brainwashed the cult of abraham hicks 
<laughs> and I'm like, I don't that think sold you guys... a couple thousand copies. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you know what a cult is, but okay, because. <laughs> Okay, I'll just. I'm not gonna get too yeah, what's deep that into this. But yeah, so the, when it talks about the cult mentality, which is the thing I want to know about, it said that it's easy to fall prey to these teachings without even realizing it. Abraham Hicks operates with a cult-like mentality. Abraham encourages listeners listeners to ignore any criticism or negativity, which makes people eliminate any information that does not support its teachings. That's not true. Uh, and I'm like, I don't. That it, where did you get that from? I didn't get that from just ignore it. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. show me the proof. Show me the proof. Where does it say that in any of their books? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's, uh, I don't think so. And that's, how is that necessarily cult like? Like, um, oh, okay. If they were actually doing that, I would see it, but it's, you just made this up. But there's so many other things to cults, like isolating you from everyone else. <laughs> like, that's like the first, that's like, Cool school 101 is isolation. Teal Swan. Um, that Teal Swan is a cult. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Telling you to write off everyone else and you can't have any contact with the outside world. Like, oh, that's yeah. Cult. Stupid. Cult for sure. Uh yeah, and then it questions like the source and um about Esther. Um, but it just I don't know, because she was on Oprah. Like it doesn't <laughs> yeah again you whatever that doesn't make something evil she was on oprah because she's a badass i'd like to um read um an excerpt from her book getting into the vortex and this is a really cool one she talks about getting into the vortex which is basically just means getting into the flow of the abundance of the universe Mm -hmm. um and this is a cute little book and i definitely recommend everybody get this little sucker and read it but this is one of my favorite um passages in this and it's 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 a little bit long but i'm gonna touch on it so basically this is talk this is the section on financial abundance which everybody's interested in right Mm -hmm. So she says, sometimes even though you are asking for a specific desire to be fulfilled, you're not actually moving toward the fulfillment of your desire. Instead, you are actually moving further from it. And you and I talked about this um, in one of our past episodes. Mm -hmm. And even though you think you are asking for what you want, your request is actually being made from your awareness of its absence in your life. You cannot get to where you want to be when you are keenly aware of its absence. So rather than saying, I want more money, instead say, I want to feel my financial well-being. You see, it is possible to feel an increased sense of financial well-being even before the money comes. But when you are focused upon the desire for the money and taking score, basically keeping score of the absence of the money, you are vibrationally defeating your own purpose. So... This this is what they teach. This is not cultish or, you know, bypassing or anything. She's saying if you're going to continue to be aware of the shit that you want that's not in your life, then you're not going to get it. That's There's none of these concepts in that. And then let me wrap it yeah. up with this. She says, or he Abraham says, you will have only to remember that at first the evidence of your improved state of allowing it simply comes to you in the form of feeling good. So first you have to understand that you're going to start to feel good. It's not going to come in the form of money or new cars, but eventually the money in the new cars will come too. 
So again, mm. Danielle Laporte is another spiritual leader who, you know, um, really teaches this practice of determining how you want to feel. That's yes. what's going to bring your manifestation to you. Not, yes. I want this and I want that and not yes. focusing on the lack of that. So that's sort of the gist of the type of teachings that Abraham, um, supports. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see how that's culty or bypassing or anything like that. I'm not going to read the, anything else from this article because essentially it just goes through and tries to break things down. It has its own theories and then it just uses Bible quotes to try to prove oh, it. Well, that's always a real, that, that always <laughs> is really, I'm sold with those Bible quotes. <laughs> I think I think the trigger point for them is this is the fact that Christianity essentially teaches that the power resides outside of yourself. Absolutely. And that there's this man in the sky who's jealous and vengeful but also angry. but also loves you uh -huh. but also sounds like a narcissist. Yeah, but he he loves you, but he's also very jealous, but he wants the best for you, but also he knows what's best for you and mm. you don't know what's best for you. That's classic narcissist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fact that, that with these kinds of teachings, it is giving you back the power to yourself and reminding you that you are, whether you want to use the word God or not, if you want to use, and that's the thing is source universe, God, whatever. Um, it's up to you uh, because some of us have a lot of religious trauma with the word God. And, you know, we think of that whole man in the sky thing and we're like, yeah, I don't like that word and that's okay. But if you, if whatever it is, it is reminding you that you are, you came from that and therefore you are a part of it. And therefore you have the same power and abilities to create, co-create, because if you are a creation of the universe, then you are also empowered to co-create with it. Yes, 100%. And, and that's the power within is the goddamn reason the all of those passages were stricken, if that's a word, from the Bible in the first place by mm -hmm. um, the, you know, man. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. by the Romans, whoever, whoever went through the Bible and said, well, they can't know this shit. We're definitely not going to let them know that. Oh my God, get rid of this. Everything's a sin except for you worshiping to this higher power that will do everything for you, but you must first do everything that we say. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't understand why more people don't find the Bible to be a, a such a load of shit. I mean, I, we, we talked about this before. There is community with religion. There mm -hmm. is communion. There is all of those things. But it's no different than coming together in a goddamn book club, right? You right. you come together in, with, with a single um, interest. interest or pleasure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but this one freaking interest controls so many people in such ridiculous ways. And if, if you know, if, if it's not obvious enough, it's the... the the fact that the separation of church and state is now just being shit upon by the highest court in the fucking country, um, which is, um, you know, Supreme Court. So, yep. ooh, get me started. Get me started, girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah. This was so. a really fun topic, though. I, we should start um, looking at more topics like this where we look at things and we're like, uh, no, that's that's bullshit. That's wrong. Let's, let's talk about both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like talking about both sides. It's, that was fun. All right. All right. Well, you have something for us on the closing vibe today? I do. Um, so remember I talked about how um, I was going to do uh, numerology reports for people or personal year forecasts? Yes. Um, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I've decided <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It's a lot of work. Um, I'm going to add it as an option on my website. For people can order them, um, okay. you know, but I'm not going to just launch them. So anyway. Okay. As a result, I decided to redo the report of the format. And then I came across a new um, area of numerology that I had never studied. And I want to talk about it here because it's really cool. Okay. And it's easy. Everybody can figure their own out. So it's called, they're actually called um, period cycles. um, But I don't really like that term period cycles it's like menstruation i'm not a not a fan of that so i changed the wording to life phases which is a little bit more standard so these are one of the easier calculations of numerology because they're based on the month the day and the year of birth respectively so this is how you calculate yours Mm -hmm. we have three major phases in our life. We have a first phase, a second phase, and a third phase. All right. And those are reflected in your actual birthday. So if you were born on March 4th, 1978, then your first phase would be a three. Your second phase would be a four. And then your third phase, because everything's in single digits, you'd have to add one nine plus seven plus eight together. All right. Okay. So when you add here, I got my calculator out one plus nine plus seven plus eight. That's a two twenty. That's a 25. And then you want to break that down into a single digit. So the last number would be a seven. So your first phase of your life is, um, would be a one or I'm sorry, a three. Your second phase would be a four and your third phase would be a seven. What do these mean? What's the big deal about these? All right. So the first phase that's where we find us trying to find our true nature, right? We're trying to cope with all of the powerful forces that are present in our environment, like our parents, our socioeconomic conditions, all of that good stuff. Okay. That cycle lasts until about your early to mid thirties. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second cycle or period of your life brings about that slow emergence of who we are, our individual talents, our individual um, creative sort of expressions. Um, Now, the initial part of the cycle, which is our early 30s, uh, mid 30s, it represents sort of that struggle to find our place in the world. Um, And then the late 30s, early 40s and 50s, that sees us with a greater degree of self-mastery and influence and all that stuff. So that's the second phase in your life. And then the third and final phase in your life, that represents um, the flowering. That's where we have our greatest degree of self-expression, our greatest degree of personal power. And that cycle typically starts up in the mid-50s, but it can also start up as late as like um, your your late, late, late 60s even. So, okay. um, So anyway, those three major phases 
in our life, they're just broken down into different um, lessons. Okay, so for instance, the person who was born on March 4th, 1978, that first phase is a three. So they're going to be focused on self-expression, being authentic, um, authentically expressing themselves based on all of their parenting and socioeconomic. What's coming to mind right now is somebody who um, would would realize that they were gay, maybe, or mm-hmm. um, trans or something like that. Like, how who is the true expression of myself? Mm. Then they get to the second phase of life where they are a four and the four is about creating stability. It's about making sure that you have a stable life or you have a solid foundations, you have good community, you're connecting with good community, that sort of thing. Um, You know, you have all the things you need to build this, this, this wonderful life. And then the third phase of life would be, they would be a seven and the seven is all about that search for deeper meaning and knowledge. What does it all mean? What did it mean? What were the lessons that I learned in this life? You know, as you come together and you have, you know, um, you've built this amazing life, you look back on your life and you say, you know, what was it all for? What was the purpose of it? And that also is when people, when they have a seven in their, in their chart where they also tap into spirituality or that sort of thing. So, I, again, I came across those when I was doing my research and, you know, just getting more advanced in in my um, research of numerology. I found that and I thought that is a really freaking cool concept. So I just wanted to share it with everybody. It's easy to figure it out. Again, um, your first phase is the month that you were born in broken down into a single digit. Your second phase is the day that you were born on broken down into a single digit. And your third phase is the year that you were born broken down into a single digit. And then you can okay. look up any numerology um, website or whatever to find out what, what, what those single digit numbers mean. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. Very did cool. you, were you sitting there doing yours when I was doing Yes, it? I did. Mine, yeah. mine's, uh, mine's one, four and six. Uh, oh, well, and see that, look at that, like, right? Leadership, self-expression, um, self-individualizing, individualizing yourself. Yes. Um, and then moving into um, creating stability and community and all of that stuff, which that's where you are now. You're creating mm-hmm. your community, you're creating stability, but also that for is the teacher. And, you know, that's teaching others, showing others, leading others, guiding others. And then in the last phase, um, you'll be... It'll be more about family and the community that you've created and the, you know, um, they're, they're, your guides are showing me, um, you know, having grandchildren and just the solid loving community that you've sort of amassed, um, not just family, but also friends. So, yay! I know I love that. It's so cool. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast. And um, join our Facebook group, the Esoterics Community, where there's all sorts of fun things going on in there and good conversations and um, good stuff. Absolutely. And just a reminder, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do so and leave us a review on whatever app or service you use to listen to the podcast. Uh, You can follow us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcasts, Instagram and TikTok. We'll be adding new content there shortly. (gasps) Yay. Yeah. And 
Don't forget to stay mystical, stay magical, and ready to do it again next week. Bye. Bye.